0: That I just got up, walked out, and threw myself into one of the pools on the property.
1: <laughs> just like, Fully clothed. Like fully clothed. An- you anger-dunked yourself.
0: I did anger-dunk myself because I just didn't know what to do with my rage. It was yeah. strong.
1: That's a, that's a, a, a rage swim.
0: Ugh.
2: Welcome to Podlender Drunk Casting in the I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hey. um, Julie... You want to give the folks some context? because I don't know when it
0: started. Well, I
2: started recording right before you threw yourself into the pool. And I know this story, which is why I started recording. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, let me go back. Let's be meta. Let me talk about the discussion that Janine and I were actually having. Yeah. We were talking about how, for some reason, we are aging into our humor on this show, but really it's like Benjamin buttoning backwards to a (laughs) 12-year-old.
1: Yeah, we're just like middle school humor peak right now.
0: And I said Benjamin Button, and then I had to tell the story. So the story that Allison was referencing. Neil and I went to, on vacation in Mex- in Mexico, like, what was that, 2012, something like that, I don't know. And we were staying in this little cabin that had an old VHS player and, like, a box full of old VHS movie cassettes. So we decided to watch Benjamin Button one day, and it was I was so mad at the end that I threw myself in a pool. <laughs> that movie's just terrible.
1: I can't. I, I'm just, like, imagining you going, what the... And then throwing your hands up in the air. Like, I was silent. You just, you just like stood up and just like threw yep. yourself in a pool. And I mean, Neil, was, was like, Neil was Jesus. like,
0: what the... F-? And I was like, that's how I feel about <laughs> this move. Here's
2: a true thing about Julie. Um, oh. First of all, she, she's prone to gestures of this sort. <laughs> uh, one. Two, um, unrelated fact that just happens to also have come up in the last... 30 seconds uh everyone who knows her and i would guess this probably also extends to everyone who listens to her on the internet um eventually develops the what (laughs) (laughs) and i and i just heard i just heard janine do it for the first time i feel so proud
1: yeah what (laughs) what i do that but i mean i'm by myself a lot and i gotta tell you that's what I that's my exclamation to my two my now two mice roommates that are in my apartment. Oh, shit. Every time I see them, I'm just like, what? God damn it. And <laughs>
2: hey, you know what? At least you don't have any more bedbug roommates.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm just trading out roommates. At some point I'll get Jasper. But till then, you know, bedbugs and mice living the dream. <laughs>
2: God, it's too bad I already did welcome to Pod Linda Dr. <laughs> Podcast, because that would have been a perfect point. Hold on, hold on. We didn't get any of this. Hold on.
1: Oh yeah. We well, go. I'm I'm on my, my dinner beer at the moment. So mm. here's me dinner bearing it.
2: Um there's a <sighs> <laughs> there's Jeez. a show coming out this week. Um Mindy Kaling's new show is called Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. It's very charming and good. Um about it's sort of loosely inspired very loosely inspired by her teenage years. Um, So it's this high school sophomore um, who just making her way through life. Um, And I cannot remember exactly the terminology, but she winds up at what she calls a no-parents party, Um, (laughs) as all the (laughs) coolest kids do. Um, She winds up at a no-parents party, and the incredibly hot... Um, guy who high school guy who is so hot that he has multiple Instagram fan accounts. Oh my <laughs> the God. character, not the actor. The Hilarious. character in the show has Instagram Great. fan accounts. Um, offers her a beer, and she says, "Yeah, something like I'm paraphrasing, but something like yeah, yeah, love the old bread water." <laughs> Or maybe it's bread <laughs> juice? I don't remember, but it made me laugh really hard. It's a very good show. Um,
0: That's
2: anyway, uh, we are here uh, the day after watching the most recent episode of Outlander to record an episode about it because, once again, we ran into trouble on the Sunday. Um, so it's no longer, f- it's not 420, it's uh, 427, which is less sexy <laughs> um, but uh, I think Julie might be a little high Is uh, that true? Yeah, that's good. Add a girl And I heard ice, you're drinking something
0: Yes, I made a whiskey sour and then topped it off with ginger ale It's fucking delicious A <laughs> little
2: floater of ginger ale? Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious um, Janine, what's your dinner beer?
1: Uh, Allagash White And I got a, after I do my math, my calculus quiz Because I'm in an undergraduate calculus class Because I'm ridiculous uh, I'm going to drink an Oberon
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm
1: very excited about that.
2: Love an Oberon. Yeah. Uh, me, I'm I'm drinking a claw because it's because <laughs> it's a claw routine. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm gonna chase that with uh some healthy indignation about the adaptive choices at the end of Outlander's mostly very good fifth season. Um start, it's, it's a tart beverage. So we'll see how that goes. We're talking about Mercy Shall Follow Me. The what the fuck? 10th? 9th? Yep, season ten? 5, episode 10. 10th yeah. um, uh, episode <laughs> of Outlander's fifth season. Um, it takes its name, sort of, from a chapter in the sixth book. Um, which is not. I've got a whole theory about guys. I have some shit, some high level shit, locked and loaded. And there's <laughs> enough that we're gonna have to save some of it for an in the books chat, which um, we'll do through for through Crowdcast for our patrons this week. Okay. Um, but uh, but I've still got to talk about some of it today. Um, what I I just I can't tell you how much I just want to jump in by talking to you about the dead whale. Um, and the Russian boars, okay. um, but I can't, uh, because those things aren't in this episode. Um, those are book things. Uh, okay. Uh, so instead, uh, we, should, we should start by just talking about what actually happens in this episode, which, again, uh, comes in part from book six, because they took what I think is the longest book in the Outlander series, um, cut let's just say most of it, and decided they didn't have enough material. So they decided to pull shit from the next book. Um,
1: Wait, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We are all of a sudden in season six. And I I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't, for book readers or non-book readers, I won't say what I think is going to happen next, but based on some footage that we've seen of the next couple episodes and some things the actors have said in interviews. It sure seems like the big finale event, which will probably be set up in the next episode is um, something that's also from book six.
1: So. so are they just like sticking with their bizarre time doesn't mean anything in this show? Let's get I to New York in a day. I don't kind know. Of thing.
2: I, I think that's part of it. I also think that maybe they just got daunted by the amount of plot and the fact that, Sam and Kate in particular are becoming more and more popular and it's going to make it harder and harder for them to film things. And they obviously want to keep them happy and they're going to be in demand for other projects. And I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but it's But it's weird. Um,
0: So here is what
2: and this is my this is my this is my thesis.
0: I'm here. I'm just trying to move the away from the fan, but I'm listening. Please go on with your thesis. Here's my my thesis. Um, This is
2: this episode would be a great last three episodes of this season. Great. This one episode. This one episode would be a great last three episodes of this season. Uh, I'm sure that based I mean, frankly, the back half of this season has been very good, even when it's made choices that we don't necessarily love. Julie, in particular, I know, has not been super high on all of them, but it is a sharp enough uptick in quality that it is sort of, at least in our listenership, seems to be reminding people of how good season one was. Um,
1: (laughs) By contrast, right? Like,
2: oh, right, this is this show used to be really thoughtful and surprising and funny and emotionally affecting and intense and all of those things and th- and as we've said a couple times in our, in the last four or five episodes there have definitely been moments in all of the season so far that have matched the level of season 1 but yeah. this is the first season in quite a while since season 2 i would say where there are episodes that match the quality of season one. And I didn't mm-hmm. even really realize that there had been that much of a dip until there was sort of contrast. So sure. this episode has a lot of problems and we are going to talk about them. Okay. Uh, but the biggest problem is just that they, for some reason they have no interest in a lot of what made season one great, which was sitting in the moments in the world, right? Like, being at the gathering or mm. hot piss, Claire. Like that, it's, you know what this whole show needs is more hot piss. <laughs> That's very
0: specific.
2: It is, and, it's, and I'm using that as an example because it's not that the show needs more literal hot piss. Um, not piss of any temperature, not a requirement for quality television. What it needs is more... Um, stopping and doing something rather than just barreling through the plot, which is why I think we responded so well to the Beardsley episode as an example, which is why, um, the locust episode, if that, if it had just been like, Oh no, there are locusts on the ridge. That could have been really great. Yeah. Um, like those are the things that have really stuck out. Um, and there are ways to get those things in and still race through plot. And in this case, they took two storylines, related storylines, mushed them together for reasons that make perfect sense, and I do not think it's necessarily a bad choice. But to do it in one episode, um, regardless as, as to what happens next, and I think the content of the next two episodes might actually make this choice even worse, but to do it in one episode completely forces you to remove all of the hot pests. There's no more hot pests. It's just... Like,
0: what
2: set piece next? Set piece next, right? Set piece next. Yeah. Dan and a Dan and Dan and Dan. This episode is cursed. It kills a microphone. Kills a microphone. Kills a microphone.
1: We think we're going to record <laughs> something good Boom, <laughs> boom.
2: We're back. We just spent the last several months going like this. Cursed episode. This is a cursed episode. Nothing's working for us. Is this because millennials are joining TikTok?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten my account set up yet, but now I need to. Oh, man. Who would follow me on TikTok? don't do it it's gonna be horrible no oh i
2: mean time. of course i'll follow you i i'm never gonna make one i literally just do it to watch dumb shit and it makes me so happy I love it. um the cat is glaring at me because i'm not holding up the blanket for her to crawl inside <laughs>
0: God, God. i've been living that life with sophie for a few days now she's uh very particular about her schedule and what things you happen what? at what times
2: i gotta do this talk amongst yourselves hold on
1: I'm gonna, I've, I think I've narrowed in when I'm going to get Jasper. Or when? Uh, I'm going to try to do mid-June to, or end of June. Uh, depends on my friend, uh, if she's coming out this way or not. Uh, she works the Renaissance Fair, mm-hmm. um, which I, I haven't talked with her. Hopefully we'll chat this week. But um, if she is not coming out this way because live stuff, um, then I'm going to go out there and get Jasper. And if she is, I'm going to try and convince her to get Jasper and bring him to me.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Which I don't think it'll be hard to convince her. I, th- I think it's just a matter of us talking about it.
0: I'm looking forward to you having that little guy.
1: God, me too. My fucking mice roommate. Get them the fuck out of here. Get yeah, me man. Jasper. At least with Jasper, I feel cool cuddling with. My Although I will
0: it- tell you this. There was a little baby mouse in our apartment once and our cat Speck who was, who we thought would be a killer. He was just a big fat idiot. <laughs> He just play with it like it was a toy, and I'd see this poor little mouse just gasping for air. And I oh. told Neil to take it outside and kill it. And he came back, and I was like, "Did you kill it?" And Neil's like, "You don't need to know." <laughs>
1: oh. I have, I have high hopes for Jasper. I do feel like he because he's you know he's a rescue and he's yeah he's, he's lived the street life you know. I, I'm he's very
2: handsome. He is very a handsome, handsome fellow man. Uh, Nancy has she loves to hunt a bug. She's very good at it, and she loves to stare out the window and dream of hunting birds and or people, <laughs> <laughs> um, or and, and definitely killing cat doppelgangers. She definitely wants to do that. Um, however, we also had a tiny baby mouse in the apartment, and one time she sort of chased it around. We it was it was so little that we saw it exactly once, and that was it. But she would like block it inside the piece of the counter it was hiding behind, like chase it around, uh, and then would get bored and walk away. (laughs) 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 And literally never, that was it. She had no interest in the mouse. Also once, it was the week that Tom and I moved in, well, I moved in a couple weeks before, but the week that Tom moved in, we were setting things up in the kitchen and all of a sudden Tom goes, Allison, look, and we're in a garden apartment. And by that I mean literally there was a garden outside our windows um, because there's this very cool like a little garden curated by one of our neighbors who I, th- I think used to do it in exchange for having part of his rent not charged cool. or whatever. It is a very cute garden. It's very yeah. cu- it's we- like weird and eclectic, and it uses a bunch of found objects and sculpture shit. It's cool. But he turned, he was like, Allison, look. So I turned and I look out the window, and there was this giant, like, daisy something, begonia maybe, I don't know, I don't fucking know about flowers. But it was a big flower with a big bulb and, like, a big iris. Um, and there was this tiny mouse who had crawled up oh, no. the stem oh. to, oh no, this is not, no, no story. This no, is adorable. No, it's a cute story. <laughs> yeah, up yeah. It's too cute. To the little flower and was, and it was tipping <laughs> over from the weight. So he was like, <laughs> yum, 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 yum,
1: oh, like almost adorable. upside yeah. down.
2: And then he climbed down and went to the next flower and did the same thing. Oh, my yes. ovaries just exploded, it and it's so not even a human cute. baby. It That's was so cute. fucking cute. Oh, it was adorable. Goodness. Anyway, Patty. Um,
1: uh, oh, so man.
0: in this episode, <laughs> this is the Stephen Bonnet episode. Um, <laughs> we obviously kind of are both like, Ugh. yeah.
2: I mean, oh. I like I. The bummer is all I want to do is talk about these chapters in the book, <laughs> which I think is a good indication of, of of sort of the issue with this episode, which is that there are definitely good things the uh, chief amongst them two like really really solid performances um it's i maybe the best that sophie skelton's ever been particularly given that she has to sell some truly bogus shit and like right. really sells the crap out of it mm-hmm. and then ed spielers is just very he was very so good, good. very oh, good
0: God, disgusting yeah uh, terrifying. i loved him it was so good and he does a really
2: good job like Tobias Menzies and and this is about the only time that I'm going to compare, compare Black Jack <laughs> invoke Randall Invoke that name right? <laughs> I don't want to compare Black Jack Randall um, with Stephen Bonnet because they are very different characters and it is not because of all of the work that they did to try to differentiate these two characters which are so similar because these characters are not similar they've never been similar nothing about them is similar other than that they're both evil
1: um. Is that a rant for something else later?
0: Yeah, uh no, hold on just a second. I'm so sorry.
1: This is going to be a fun episode, I think. Um, I don't
0: know what's going to happen. I have to give Neil the computer at 7. Sorry, 7:30. <laughs> 7:30. Oh, we'll get there. We'll be done okay. before then. Um so
2: they're not the same. There's a whole thing in the after the show shit about how um, they, uh, they, you know, they really had to, guess who said this, we really had to, We wanted to make sure to differentiate them, because they're so similar, and we really wanted to be able to show the ways in which they're different. Like, motherfucker, first of all, one of them is like six foot three, dark hair, top notch, jacking, eyes that can move in and out from the sides of his head, based on his <laughs> acting ability. <laughs> Gecko also boys. looks like the first husband of one of our protagonists. The other is a nefarious blonde leprechaun who like scampers about doing pirate shit and being a sociopath. Like they're, he's chaos and Blackjack is order and like one is a sadist and the other is just a fucking asshole. Like they're not not just a fucking asshole, a giant fucking asshole, but he's but he's not a sadist in the way that... Um, Black Jack Randall is a sadist, right? Um it's one has like all kinds of issues around sexuality and his family. The other is just like a like a superstitious Irish smuggling sailor motherfucker who can hide <laughs> a jewel in his tooth, apparently. You know, they're very different characters. Black Jack Randall never took a jewel out of his tooth. Ever. No, not ever. That would be no. like saying, we really wanted to differentiate between lord St- between Sa- the Duke of Sandringham and Bonnie Prince douchebag. because they're both royals. like Whoa. no they're
1: they're, like, they're not the similar where's they're the not
2: nuance? similar at all and they <laughs> and they do not seem similar, right? I didn't think about Black Jack Randall at all until the guy was like, "Well, we really had to differentiate." So, they, so then they do some humanizing bullshit that's completely unnecessary, but which I will say was very good for Ed Spielers. Anyway, Patty, mm-hmm. let's talk about the episode. Julie, where do we begin?
0: So Cold Open is a cobbler shop where they're putting a little heel on a shoe, and the only note I wrote was, Cobbler, you brought her.
2: <laughs> I thought for sure that they, this is apparently my childhood trauma rearing its ugly head. Um, I just thought for sure that that, that the thing you would have written down would have been a joke about me. <laughs> Shoemaker, yeah. Because oh, I, I, I never think of your last name that way. No, I don't.
1: do I. Oh, mm-hmm.
2: people!
0: The whole time I was growing up,
2: want to make me some shoes. Want to make me Oh some my god!
1: god. No,
0: it's a lack of imagination. Children are idiots. Yeah. Well, you know. Um.
2: Anyway, making <laughs> shoes. Um. It is a lengthy title card. An interesting choice that I, and I say that in a good way, not a bad way, but uh, a lengthy, unnecessarily
0: lengthy title card. Like so, Janine. So you know what I mean. It's a pair of shoes oh. and they're putting an extra length of heel on one because somebody's like, it's a woman's pair of shoes. Somebody's leg is shorter than the other. Okay. Remember that. Okay. <laughs> one of these legs is shorter than the other. Uh, and then we cut to the whorehouse based on my note that just says, whorehouse. <laughs> yeah.
2: Outlander loves a whorehouse.
0: They really do. That's where all the business happens. A kitty hoose. Mm-hmm. I prefer kitty hoose. <laughs> And at the kitty hoose, there sit. <laughs> Hold on, Pippin, say it again. Say it again. And at the kitty hoose. One more time. At the kitty hoose. No, put just a little bit more Arkansas on it, just for me. <laughs> and now at the kitty hoose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pippin you. and Stephen Bonnet are just sitting there drinking a cup of tea like some gentlemen at the hoor. Uh, sorry, kitty house. <laughs> And we find, you know what? You know what? I never put two and two together. That Pippin is actually fucking Bonnet's lawyer. I never really put that together.
1: Oh. Oh, I think I just put that together now. But you said it. That makes sense.
0: So they're in business with each other, and Pippin is just a piece of shit. It's gross. Like, every time I see him, I'm thinking Hobbit, and he's just a slimy piece of goo. Yeah, it's really
2: unfortunate I mean, and I guess that by that, I mean, fortunate casting, right? Like Billy Boyd should get to do things other than be Pippin for the rest of his life because he's yes. a good actor, yes. right? Yes. And he's good in this. Um, but every time he, he would open his mouth in that chirpy little hobbit voice of his and say something just fucking evil, I would just think like, no
0: second breakfast for <laughs> you. No, you don't get any second breakfast. No, none. It was a- it was a little hard. Sometimes it's hard to take somebody who you know so hard from a character, and it's weird, right? So it just felt weird.
1: No, That's how I felt watching I Lost it. with the other Hobbit.
2: Oh yeah, Dominic Monaghan. I yeah. watched Lost Charlie for right long yeah, Charlie. enough that I mm-hmm. now think of him as Charlie and oh, not yeah. as Mary. Like I, th- when I think about Dominic Monaghan, I think not Penny's boat. No. I was gonna say the hand, not Penny's.
1: Yeah. Boat. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, but he had to like do that for fucking years to oh, get yeah. away from the Hobbit thing. I yeah, mean, he did. Pippen's Daniel Radcliffe
2: there, yeah. has been do- putting in the work, making weird fucking, mo- like, cool, weird movies for like a long time. Like being in Equus. Yeah, do- and doing very serious like, high-level theater shit. He's been tap dancing, he's been fucking horses. Nice. Like, all kinds <laughs> of shit. <laughs> 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 I met Elijah
1: Wood once, it was really nice.
2: Elijah Wood? No, mm-hmm. not Elijah who Wood. Who are you talking about? We were talking but about Daniel Radcliffe, but Elijah Wood. Yeah. Harry Potter.
1: Oh well, hey, but you know what? Also,
2: Elijah Wood, North,
1: but Huck yeah. Finn. Listen, the reason uh, I confuse them is because I want them to do a show together because they look oh. like each other.
0: They oh. do look like each other. Have yeah. you seen Swiss Army Man? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, <laughs> oh oh Allison. God. Thank you for recommending that. Jeez it was surprised. so funny. that it's movie is so fucking good. I love <laughs> it it's
1: so much. So bizarre. It's, it's very so good, good. God, Guys, it's So good,
2: listeners.
0: Uh, in these quarantine
2: times, quarantine, claw quarantine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you need a a weird watch. Uh, I highly recommend Swiss Army Man, also known as the Daniel Radcliffe Farting Corpse movie.
1: Yeah, you'll never think about nope. farts again the same way.
2: Yep, and, uh, and by also known as, that's not a cute nickname I have for it. If you Google Farting Corpse movie, <laughs> what that's will come Google. up is no. Swiss Army Man. It's him and Paul Dano. It's very good. Anyway, um, so they're in, a, they're in the Hoor hu- hu- house.
0: And this is we find out that we find out that Pippin is gonna get a cut of River Run, right? Yeah. So that's why he's working for Bonnet. Mm. So they
2: have this scene where first of all Bonnet is talking about in the crowdcast they were talking about how Bonnet is at least, is at least sex positive. Um and like <laughs> is interested in um, sees the physical beauty in a wide range of body types and doesn't like it was funny. Um they they were trying really hard. To find redeeming qualities in a character that doesn't have any. No, none. Um, and we're doing a better job of it than the show does. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is a, a goal of this episode. They uh, they should have just talked to the drunk Cast listeners. Oh, I just heard Sophie. Bless her heart. Yeah. Um, so basically, the scene exists to lay out for us that Bonnet's plan is to claim Jeremiah and Brianna, right? And then... Um, Joe Casta will have uh, an uh, unhelpful... <laughs> it's not the word I wanted, but I'm going with it. An unhelpful yes. accident. Untimely accident. Um, so that Jemmy will inherit, and then Bonnet will get all the cash. And then Forbes is going to get a cut of that cash. Um, a lot like he wants a second manor house. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I will say um, we we promised it was yesterday was uh, listener and patron Jana's birthday. She spent her fucking twenty fifth birthday watching the two of us watch this episode of television. Um, okay. Yeah, we promised her a rant about Forbes, though. To be sorry, fair, Neil's
0: making cocktails. You guys, if you can hear that in the background,
1: he's doing a great job.
2: Yeah. The, the cheery sounds of ice and steel. Love it. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it's great. I guess it's al- probably aluminum and not steel, but you know, you, you feel me. Anyway, um, yeah. so my, my rant about, I mean, I don't really have a rant about Forbes because I actually think that maybe the show does a better job making him a son of a bitch.
1: Forbes is Pipton, right? Yes, yeah, yes. And certainly
2: I actually, he is not as involved in this shit as... Um, in the books in the name, as
0: he is in um in the shoe. In the shoe. Mm-hmm. So I fucking Bonnet makes some gross joke about laying low because uh, Pippin tells him, Hey, you need to chill with the smuggling of women because everybody knows you're here and I need you to like not break the law big time before we get River Run, right? And Stephen Bonnet's like, Oh, you, you mean I need to lay low? And he makes some joke about one of the whores that Allison was referring to a minute ago. And it was lay low, like under my regular mare. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was disgusting. Oh. It was,
2: it was pretty gross. Um, my face like, it was pretty gross. It, I though? will say, I'm going to try to find her name right now. The, the, she did a really good job with in a question. Thankless Epi, role. Yeah. Who I think has some good scenes near the end. I'm not sure I would call it mm. totally thankless. Cause I think some of it is actually a little bit complicated. And, Some of the listeners in the crowdcast rightly pointed out that it does not demonize the sex worker, nor does it do that uh, hooker with a heart of gold shit. Um, You're right. She's like a complicated person who has to weigh on one side her personal safety and income and Mm -hmm. livelihood in general, right? Because she could lose... Fucking everything, and then the other hand, like w- what is right in human decency, um, yeah, which is comp. I mean, it's complicated. It, it, doing the everybody would do the right thing all the time if it was always the easiest thing to do. Um, I just wish that people might try a little harder. Anyway, her name is Leah Shine, and she was great. And uh, oh, the actress
0: and her character's name was Epi. Epi. Yeah, I kept mm-hmm. trying to she come up with well. a good epipen joke, like <laughs> <laughs> like She's what, uh, you know, I
2: um if you got a like a justice allergy use the Pet. Epi- I don't know, I got nothing, but Epi <laughs> um, Leah Shine is her name, it is her third credit ever her previous two IMDb credits are shorts so way to go Ooh. Leah Shine, a, you were yeah. great, that
1: could, that could be a rising anyway, star we're looking at there,
2: all she does in this scene is get pointed to by Stephen Ponnet and wear a corset out of which her boobs are tumbling Um <laughs> It's it is a a plentiful display of cleavage,
0: and then I made a prediction that Stephen Bonnet was going to kill Pippin, and I wrote that down, and I was wrong. Oh, I, the instinct was right, the the person was wrong. Oh,
2: yeah. All right. So um, we w- we there will be no more first or second breakfasts for Forbes. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry.
1: In the spoiler. in the sky, in the. Yeah. <laughs>
0: In Hobbit, heaven. In Hobbit oh, heaven. Oh, sorry. In the Kitty House upstairs. In, in, in the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the the Kitty House down below, I think.
2: For forms, there's just
1: plenty of potatoes and ale.
2: <laughs> potatoes and ale. <laughs> no, called, not know, not in hell. Samwise. No, he's. I I get it. Potatoes. There potatoes. there are no potatoes in <laughs> hell, Peppin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there definitely Stupid are no avances. potatoes in hell. Stupid Abbotsons. <laughs> you. Oh, so boy. here
0: is a question that i have for you allison and i don't know if this will lead you too much into a book discussion but why the fuck are jamie claire Bree, and roger all in town together
2: uh well so they went to tune to <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling the vowels today sorry um to sort of get, I think to get information is a big part of it, and also to prepare for this thing. They, it's not the same place. They have to travel to get to Wiley's Landing, which is where mm-hmm. the Jamie and Roger part of this episode takes place. Right. A big part of it, anyway. Um, so they are leaving Brianna and Claire safely in a major city by the time standards of the time. Right. right. They're not like. Half a mile down on the beach, they're in Wilmington, and Wiley's Landing is not in Wilmington. This mm-hmm. is another instance of the show maybe not doing the best job actually
0: explaining what's happening. Um, I knew they that were there not was in the. Distance, same place. I knew that there was a distance between them, but I also knew that Stephen Bonnet was in the city. Right? He, no. And I know
2: that he, he was not supposed to be right? He was supposed to be meeting them at Wiley's landing coming from who knows where they did not think oh, that okay. he was in
0: Wilmington or they would write, right, but would he not was in he was. And that's why he saw Brianna in the street.
2: Yes. Yeah. But so, they, so
0: I guess my original question was, was that ever a thing in the book where they were all in the same place at the same time? Like, did he see her? Is that how they moved um, this part there's along?
2: There's more, it's a, it's a little confusing. Um, and I, I, I spent today revisiting the chapters leading up to and the very long chapter that is the battle of Wiley's landing, which is what it's called. Um, And they're great, great chapters. Uh, I stopped to record this episode in the middle of the chapter that covers what happens with Brianna and Claire. So I don't remember precisely the circumstances, but basically um, if I remember correctly, Bonnet gets like a, like a, little idea that maybe there's something fishy about this deal so um he does not go Mm -hmm. in in the books he does not go he sends other people who are going to steal the whiskey from quote-unquote Alexander Malcolm and kill Jamie and Roger who they know are involved and Mm. that's going to be that that's the plan um while Bonnet goes after Claire and Brianna. And I do, what I do not remember is if he sees them and goes after them or if it's a total fucking accident. Okay. Um, either way, what's true is that he is not where he is supposed to be there. There's like a whole deal. Like a, they confirm with a whole bunch of people, what is going to happen and who is going to bring him and when and where and all of that shit. And then it all right. goes to hell. Okay. Um, so, so it was yeah. part
0: of it. It wasn't just we. It wasn't just poorly planned. They're just. It was just a part of the story.
2: Yeah, it's that Bonnet okay. is um is wily, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the circumstances here confirm that. Um, it's just that then we have to, <laughs> then we have to assume that he saw them in the street and none of them saw him, right? Um, which, and and then somehow he tracked them to this remote beach mm-hmm. um it's it's a little it's a little weird but the mechanics are basically the same
0: okay yeah anyway uh we're getting ahead of ourselves um okay. so i was surprised i was just surprised that the whole family was there yeah that's why because i thought it would just be like jamie and roger but claire and Bree decided to tag along
2: it's supposed to be at quite a distance mm-hmm. um yeah, they're not at the same place. They certainly don't go to Wiley's Landing. They don't want Brianna in particular
0: anywhere near where right. Stephen Bonnet is. Um, and then we discover that who we in, I'm sorry, fuck me in, is going to be the fuck stand-in in. Alexander Malcolm. So they've got him all dressed up in a tricorner hat, and then Claire has to give him a makeover. She's got to beat his mug because he's got the little <laughs> dot tattoos. And she says something about, Clay will cover that up. And I was like, mm, makeup.
2: I think he should just go, what? They're my freckles. <laughs> I have sensitive skin. I tan easily. I got the, freckles.
0: They're in town, and Claire is with Brie, and they're shopping. It's a shopping montage-ish. She gets a syringe made.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, she's ordering the glass tube, and I think, what, did she say, like, brass?
0: Somewhere they're said making, brass. They're making the
2: metal pieces
0: he said brass because he didn't understand what she was talking about she tried to explain it and he goes oh i've seen those the ones i've seen were made of brass and she's like mm mm-hmm, mhm just nodding at him just cuz he's just the glass blower yeah he's going to blow the little glass tube yeah so bitches mm-hmm. be shopping mhm they are shopping they, they are know. strolling around in their knitwear with their little baskets over their arms arm in arm like through the mud and shit
1: like so- it's just a it's just a wonderful sunday
0: Yes, exactly. So the plan here
2: is that Claire and Brianna are going to stay in Wilmington and run errands and get seashells by the seashore. And <laughs> um
1: and the birth of the song happened at that point in America. Yeah, and... that's
2: true. That's that's a true story. And, and in fact, only the result of t- time travel. It's a closed loop. Brianna learned that tongue twister when she was studying theater, w- which was her first of the 17 majors she had in her 2 years of college.
1: <laughs> I would like that.
2: Um and yeah. then she traveled in time and brought the tongue twister back with her. Yeah. And shared it with someone else, which is how it was created. And then the world exploded. Anyway.
1: Time is fucked up. It is. I did
0: have another question about the shopping montage. Yeah. <laughs> I think they kind of made a point of it, weirdly, because all the extras walking around. How are Bree and Claire walking around with no hats? Um, There's a thing in the mix where Claire fucking hates bonnets.
2: Which is mm. funny because she also hates Stephen Bonnet, but in this case, I'm talking about the headwear. Okay, okay. Um, and people are constantly shaming her for not covering her hair up. And so every once in a while, just to be a dick, she'll take like a handkerchief and pin it to the top of her head. I'm like, <coughs> mm, that's see, awesome. I'm covered now. Look, look at how covered my hair is. I love, um,
1: I love, that's a character moment I wish was in here where she was just like, oh, fuck yeah. off.
2: Yeah, well, all <laughs> kinds of fucking character moments. I wish we were in here.
1: um Mm -hmm. there there's
2: uh this you know what this is as good a time as any of these things to do this in particular when i was revisiting these chapters right at the beginning of the first of the three chapters that are sort of covered in the last two episodes uh which is called dead whale um she's talking about how they're you know they're running errands they're doing this they're doing that and roger and you know what i actually took a picture of it and in my Kindle and sent it to Julie as a text message saying, why isn't Claire funny anymore? <laughs> um, because And then she
0: sent me text from the chapter and it yeah. was fucking hilarious. So <laughs> here,
2: hold on. It is, there we go. This is a direct quote and a reminder that the reason we have so much voiceover in the show is that Claire's chapters are all first person. Um, so anytime they're, and they're not all Claire chapters. We get chairs for chapters from Jamie's perspective and Roger's perspective and Brianna's perspective and sort of the, the number of characters who have POV chapters grows. But all of them are removed, whereas Claire's are first person always. And the whole first mm. book mm-hmm. is from her perspective. Anyway, um, at the quote is this. Okay. <laughs> After which, presumably, Jamie and Roger, having located Mr. Bonnet, would drop round to his place of business and take turns either shooting him dead or running him through with a sword before riding back to the mountains, congratulating themselves on a job well done, or so I understood the plan to be. Right? (laughs) That is, I would fucking love more clarification monologues if it was funny. I was trying to think of the last time we got voiceover from Claire that was funny, And I don't remember one. Oh, there is one. Oh, uh, yeah. I closed my eyes and thought of England, thought of England. Right. And I remember watching that scene because you laughed so hard that I thought you were choking. Mm. It was because it was so unexpected and so funny in in an episode that's really dark and upsetting. And like it was just such a good, surprising, weird joke.
0: And it um, was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
2: And I just, I wish that there were more opportunities like that. I wish that Claire got to tell more jokes in general. She does occasionally joke. But I specifically wish the monologues were less like, it was spring and the trees were blooming. And like the passage of time, I too was moving slowly. I gazed upon this magnificent <laughs> vista. You know, like all that shit. <laughs> which is, yeah. it's
0: fine. And it's Kat- too close. Kat- That's too close. Kat-
1: Katrina does a
2: fine job with it. But, yeah,
1: but there's a lot of melodrama. Like a little, they, like some yeah, jokes.
2: I wish Claire is pretty salty and pretty amused by her husband. And and it's a very funny image. Like, g- g- good day, sir. Happy mother to you. And then they go like, <laughs> trot, trot, trot. Your turn, sir. Like at the end of Death Proof where they take turns beating the shit out of Kurt Russell. Like oh, it, yeah. And <laughs> you, after you, oh, I guess it would be like, and it's your turn, mate. Go and get him with the sword. I, now it's my turn. I'll get him with my pistol. <laughs> and then Mr. Bonnet, and then Steve Bonnet would be like, okay, give me a breather. I've got, I need a breather. <laughs> and then they would all,
0: like, it's a funny image.
2: I wish, I wish that shit was in there. That's I wish there was
0: more of it. That's what, that's all I'll say. Have you impersonated Bonnet yet? Because that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but thank you. Breather. <laughs>
2: I've got a gem in me tooth. <laughs> I call it my lucky charm. It's me. Everyone's always after my lucky charm. That's oh why. I, that's why but, I keep it in me tooth.
1: Oh, that's why he's doing like he's pillaging Can and running I all the Smuggle!
2: Place? I'm going to smuggle some whiskey. That's my other lucky charm. <laughs> Meet my whore. She's also my lucky charm. <laughs>
1: That Lucky Charm, like marshmallows, is it's a whiskey whore's, what's a gem and a tooth? No, a tooth. Just a tooth.
2: It's magically delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're getting, we're getting nowhere.
0: We've been going 45 okay, hold on, minutes. Hold on. Here How we you,
1: go. You guys really don't want to talk about the episode, Jamie, which I'm down with. This is fun. I'm,
0: I'm ready. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Jamie, Roger, and who we and fuck me in, are at Wiley's Landing, which is essentially a houseboat. Somewhere on this river, <laughs> where Philip Wiley, if you remember him from the wedding episode, his wedding, We've been is the raisin face, raisin face. Oh, like yeah, yeah. weirdo. He's the fop. fop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's got this little dock where he receives his smugglings. Well, his lawfully bought goods. Sure, sure. Mostly,
2: but <laughs> Stephen Bonnet's
0: about to bring some smugglings in mm-hmm. or pick some up, right? Yeah, pick They're up there jamies. for the whiskey. Mm-hmm. So. They're ready to um, kill Bonnet. Like, he's he's scheduled to meet them there. And Roger tells Jamie that he wants to kill Bonnet. Like, you know, I've been thinking about it. And I just had a really hard time sleeping last night. (laughs) And when I woke up this morning, I realized, really, the only thing that's going to make me feel any better about anything was if I kill Stephen Bonnet. (laughs) And Jamie's all like, hmm, sounds right. So... (laughs) (laughs) roger wants to kill Stephen bonnet it's it's another
2: thing that like it doesn't necessarily translate well from the books without adding more dialogue right like that that scene on the back is roger being like listen he it's from roger's perspective so he, he says he can see on jamie's face that jamie's like well you're a terrible shot you've literally never killed a man you've never been in a war on the other hand I don't want to disrespect you and you really like you have more reason to kill him than I do and I'm here to back you up and he sort of weighs all of this and it comes down to being sort of emerging from the mutual respect that they have sort of started to develop after snake bite gate. Mm-hmm. um and here it's just like roger's like no i should kill him she's my uh, wife and jamie's like oh yep you're right i forgot that's I definitely it, it's that's you're right that's in the marriage contract
0: i called it the bro accord it's the, the bro, bro accord, accord. <laughs> they fucking made a bro accord about what to do about the rapist Oh God! And it was to kill him, but Roger gets to kill it. And then I've got Claire and Bree see whales. <laughs> yeah, um, is that a uh, moment. It just, was like... actually very surreal to think about what she talks about here. Is that they were whales were so plentiful back then? They're just like playing like 300 meters offshore. I don't even know if it was deep enough for them to swim.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, it was probably also closer for us than it was for them, right? Like, right? The camera zoomed in. Um, but they're they're gathering seashells by the seashore and <laughs> and also seaweed by the by the pea bushes I
0: don't know. something for medicine or whatever right?
2: um, yeah they're getting and, and, and Brianna is also gonna mm-hmm. get shells to make a mobile for Jamie so it'll sleep easier so she can get laid is the implication because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so then all of a sudden there are whales and it's a like a really cool little moment that's an invention of the show Um Oh, okay. Which is sort of neat, where, you know, it's it's not a thing that happens anymore. You don't, whaling is just sort of picking up steam. And then they're talking about Moby Dick, and Brianna loves Moby Dick, and
0: so does Claire, and so does Julie, by the way. Ugh, I said don't bring Moby Dick into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's not a slight, that's Baby Tree right there. That's nah, Baby but that's, Tree.
1: It's like, that's more than a handful, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. It's really too bad that we couldn't make Moby Dick jokes last week. They did end up making it into something which I thought was inventive and cool. Yeah, I agree. But Uh, this, like, reference felt so forced. And I was just like, oh, come on. Why do you guys keep doing this to me? Saying shit that just sounds so fake and like, oh, okay, fine. Whatever. Whales, Moby Dick, I get it. And then Claire and Brianna have an old woman off where they decide who's faster and who can chase each other down the beach, where I would, at this point in my life, just be like, run ahead. I'm just going to walk. I
2: mean, to be fair, they're talking about how they used to race on the beach when she was a child. So it's like a nostalgia off rather than an old woman off.
0: (laughs) But I feel like, not for me, honey. You run ahead. Do you want to? Should we race? And then And then they split up and... It was at this point during the crowdcast when I screamed, "Why the fuck are you splitting up?" Well, because they because they
2: think that Stephen Bonnet is at Wiley's Landing. Spoiler alert: he is not. But Brianna takes off her boots so she can put her toes in the water, and Claire goes up the dunes to
0: get seashells, which is not how dunes or seashells work.
1: No, that that doesn't make any sense. True.
0: I didn't even think about that. Like, how did those seashells get up there? Was that like...
1: Well, it's from the 3 hur-
0: eons ago. It's Those the, seashells are old. It's from season
1: 3 from that hurricane. That's what it's
0: from. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Full grown maple.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> Janine, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm Locking so out. proud of you. Season 3 reference. Oh man. Oh, I want to make you a badge. Janine, that was so good. Okay.
2: So, mm-hmm. um, so they split up. The, this is gonna go well. Meanwhile, back at Landing. Back to landing. the shit shed. Yeah,
0: shit shed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Wiley's landing. It's an it's a
2: it's a regular doom hut, yeah.
0: and uh, it's Bonnet pulls up, but we realize he sent flunkies instead. No Bonnet. It's just three dudes, and there's a quick fight where roger is like leaping out of the way of whatever
2: the fuck it, it's actually a pretty good fight and julie rightly pointed out that it's the first time in a while that we've gotten the old fashioned kick and punch and fight and then fight. it
0: was truly and allison there's um i have a note here to remind you about something okay bo face oh my god well the guy you know how russell crow
2: looks he just looks like he has body odor
1: yeah ah! He looks sweaty.
2: This guy has yeah. BO face where it's like, you can be very good looking <laughs> and still have BO face where yeah. there's just something about you where you're like, you haven't bathed in a while and it's your hair could be perfectly clean. And I would still know that you have body odor and Russell Crowe, uh, an, attract- an objectively attractive man has B.O. face, major mm-hmm. B.O. face, <laughs> huge B.O. And so does this guy, the like <laughs> bonnet stand in. So they have a kick and punch and fight, and then we kick and then we punch and then we fight, fight. Um, and at, at one point Roger's like, didn't wouldn't you help me? And Jamie's like, you look like you had it handled and they're bantering and oh, yeah, it's a regular bro ma- bro ma- What did you call it? Yes. The bro
0: Well, I call it a bro accord earlier. Oh. That's when they agreed to agree about oh. dudes. Well, God,
2: it's bro banter, that. so it's branter? Bronter? Branter? Bronter? Um
0: mm, bro- keep it in the hopper. Broalog? Broalog? <laughs> 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 I guess if you really got into it, it could be a bra. Nalog. log Br- <laughs> <laughs> yep
2: brown uh, log done locked and loaded that's it that's a keeper um so all then they're like well we where's Stephen bonnet
0: uh cut back to the beach there's Stephen bonnet he attacks claire who has separated herself from the other person she's there with claire screams brie comes running she grabs a gun the powder is wet and it won't fire. Oh yeah.
2: Claire also is fighting with an. She's got a little knife with her and Stephen. But it's like, what? What were you gonna? Do? I've got no quarrel with you. What were you gonna do with that little knife? Try to take me Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got up. Is it from a pot of gold? Do you? <laughs> My Irish accent needs some work. Uh, <laughs> once upon a time, when I, when I, Julie and I both at like a, a full decade apart, maybe went to BADA, the British American drama Academy. Bada. Bada. Yeah, and while I was there, one of the people in my class was Irish and very cool. And I was totally daunted by her. And now I realize I also had a giant crush on her, but I was not in touch with that part of myself at the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I met her, I said, hi, I'm Alison. And she said, I'm Avril. And I went, Ooh. Avril. And she said, no, Avril. And I said, avril and she said no avril (laughs) i was like i'm sorry you've lost me avril and she went like avril levine and i went oh avril and i have never felt worse
1: (laughs) i i feel like um it was terrible Irish names are just sometimes them setting themselves up to going like, you know what? I'm just going to fuck with everybody. I'm going to give up like halfway through because no one's going to get it. So fuck them.
0: I went to college with somebody named. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't really know how to pronounce her name correctly. Siobhan. Siobhan. But it was with a B. So it was always like. Yeah, Yeah. Siobhan. Yeah. And then there was a uh, I in there. I don't know. I love I love the spelling because it always feels like a challenge. It does.
1: (laughs) I, um, Irish accents are about the only thing I can kind of muster, but the problem is, it's every other accent I try, eventually turns into the Irish accent. Turns into the. Irish. I can't well, do an Irish accent. It's when I try to do anything else.
2: My problem now is, I used to be very, very good at accents, um, and now, with the exception of being able to do drunk Julie when I'm also drunk. <laughs> All I can do is Scottish and French Because of this fucking podcast So I try to do anything I could be like Eh, hey, park your car and have a yard Right? <laughs> like, I just well, listen, I can't though. do anything but
1: Scottish you, and French now. If if you just did But your Fergus is so good <laughs> Thank you, Milo <laughs> I get so much joy because, <laughs> you know, that's where that was season two. Fergus was like the that was my introduction to this whole thing. And I love when Fergus shows back up uh, through you, Allison. So, well,
2: and also aww. notoriously through Amelia Buzzel. I actually never fucking remember how to pronounce her last name. Amelia.
0: Amelia, help me out. Um, <laughs> I thought it was Buzzel. Buzzel. Buzzle. But I'm, hey, once again, she Amelia. Did, she didn't help know my us name out. was.
1: I think what it's. My, she didn't uh, yeah. know my other name. She <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she for sure long thought, long. thought you
2: were Janine for a long time. <laughs> um, Amelia, help me with the last name. Anyway, Fergus now also immortalized through a song that she wrote for the, for the Murtaugh Wake, uh, so which good. eventually maybe will release as a single. <laughs> Dude. Through iTunes, like, but like we need to not, co- not we, like,
1: but we were gonna make an album, weren't we? We have we have. Well,
2: Doom the problem is that most of our songs, quote unquote, are are IP, are just co- <laughs> are just covers. We've got, but we've got a few originals. We're First of all, we've we're got
1: solid in parody mode. We've got solid
2: all of mode. the versions of the Janine's Corner theme song. We've got all that's those. A, um, we've that's got. We kick and punch and kick and then we kick and then we punch and then we kick and punch and <laughs> kick and punch and punch. We got that. Uh, and then we've got, I will miss his happy face. The, uh, oh, the song Amelia wrote about, which so was good. genius. Yes. Yeah.
0: So good. Is the best, is the best song on the album. I, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll
1: put that on the podcast at some point. We're going to come back to this one. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about this album at some point.
0: Yeah. We're going to Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So long kidnapping short, <laughs> bonnet gets Brianna. Oh,
1: motherfucker.
0: And then we, I've got B and B. That means Brie and bonnet. Oh, yeah. And I just wrote B&B on Bonnet Island. Turns out I was kind of right. Yeah, it is sort of like B&B.
2: It's, uh, I think the easiest way to go about this is to say like, off of Nightmare Island, Shutter Island, that's with D's, not T's, because you're shuddering. Shutter Whoa. Island. Ooh, nice. um, off of Shutter Island, uh, the folks find out that Bonnet has Brianna. Claire wakes up and she's gone. And her shoes are out there by the ocean where she was dipping her little toes. And Roger and Jamie show up and they're like, Bonnet wasn't there. That's because he was here. Yes, Brianna. Um, (laughs) And then they have to go trying to find out what happened to her. And that is what is happening when we're not on Shutter Island. Um, Mm -mm. Hold on, I'm chewing some ice. Keep talking. And then also there's we get one scene where Forbes we're going to, we're going to end with shutter Island and then talk about the book shit. So, um, that is what's happening in until they, uh, until the end of the episode, that's what's happening with Jamie and Claire and Roger and, and, um, Doing shutter fuck Island me bullshit. in and Fergus. No, they're trying to figure out or yeah, they're trying to figure out what happened, where oh. they can find Brianna. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, um, Forbes shows up at Riveran run, um, because Jocasta has requested a meeting. There's a lot of very funny banter where Duncan Ennis is trying to like put a pillow behind her back. Be like, whatever you want, my dear. And she's like, would you shut up and leave me just alone? Just get the fuck out of the I room. Just, I'm about to have a meeting with my lawyer. Just leave just lay me, me be. And there's a, actually a pretty funny line of dialogue where he's like, are you feeling well? You've had so many headaches lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, um... Means she's not fucking yeah, She hasn't had headaches. <laughs> she hasn't had any headaches. I mean, if she has, not that many. It's a f- it's subtle, but it's really smart. So point being, the meeting she's looking forward to is with Forbes, um, who shows up. Pippin. B- b- with oh, yeah. Pippin, just to remind you. Yeah, I'm who you. shows up shortly after first breakfast to <laughs> <laughs> take a meeting. Uh, a spot of tea. About yeah. some gifts she would like to bestow upon her living relatives. Not changing her will. Act, active gifts she wants to give out um, because you can't take it with you. And and then Forbes goes, you can't take what with you? She goes, my fortune! It's great. <coughs> so she wants to give 20 pounds to Marsley and Fergus's new baby and 100 pounds each to the other kids, which is discrimination against babies, I think. And it She is. wants to give money to Marsley and Fergus and she wants to give money to Brianna and Roger and it's like, 20 pounds here, 100 pounds here. She she decides she wants to give 2,000 pounds to Brianna and Roger and it's just like, and it obviously is bringing her a lot of joy. Oh, she's loving it. She's in a dark place. And now, and there's a whole thing with Jocasta and money that I think will probably actually never get addressed. It's a major, it's a two book subplot um, that I think is never going to get addressed. Um, But we'll see. So I can't talk about it yet in the event that it still comes up. But someday, if it doesn't come up in the show, we will be talking about the Frenchman's gold, which gets. Oh, they they did sort of bring it up. They it was introduce in
0: the, it. Um, right. But they're, they're not giving any attention. But to we it. are racing through
2: plot that actually involves mm-hmm. including Stephen Bonnet, who shows up at River Run and takes Jocasta hostage trying to get the Frenchman's gold. Um, and uh, Wait, spoiler alert, wh- Janine Bonnet's dead by the end of this episode. So that will never happen. What the fuck? So that was in the book. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. So there's, there's a so lot mu- of he's,
1: he's a hostage taker, isn't he?
2: He loves a hostage. He does. <laughs> We're about to get there. Um, so uh, Forbes is getting increasingly distressed. And there is a, this is a good scene, but there is something a little bit weird and that he's um, for a while he's fake writing uh, and Joe Casta seems to know that that's happening, but hasn't really put the pieces together. She doesn't really pick up on, like, the increasing tension in his voice as he just gets more and more angry about all the money she's asking him to give away. Until finally he's like, stop giving away my second breakfast. No, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Stop giving away my money.
1: Or my precious.
2: My precious. (laughs) precious. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. She's like, your money what are you talking about? And then he tries to smother her with the pillow that Duncan placed behind her back because she's apparently an invalid. Um, And it is terrible and upsetting. And Julie, you, as we were, I was watching you, it looked like you for sure thought that Jocasta was going to die.
0: I thought she might. And then she got the kick out and knocked the bell over. And I was like, Ulysses has to be right outside that door. And I was right. Yeah, She
2: kicks over a little table that has a bell on
0: it. And then, all of a sudden we see these
2: like nicely stockinged feet in very nice shoes come running in and then we hear a little <sniffs> that was a neck cracking sound. Yeah, he picked him up and choked him and then broke it. his neck. Very good sight gag. Picked him clear off the ground like the hobbit he is and cracked his neck. Holy and then shit
0: dropped him right down into Mordor. Um. Jesus. <laughs> And then he ran around the couch to address Jacosta to make sure she was okay. And it kind of for a second we thought she was dead, right? Yeah. And he, Ulysses, was so distraught. Oh my you could tell God. that he really loves her. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I I don't know exactly how I feel about that, but it's beautiful and he's very the very good actor.
1: Wait, so yeah. that was that was that was a that was a show rap on Pippin? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. Jesus.
2: Yeah
0: I wish I knew more songs from the Broadway hit Pippin. <laughs> to just put he, right um, in He went off to find his corner of the sky um, That's because Jocasta was no ordinary Actual woman Is that what it's called? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and
2: Ulysses had some magic to do Just for you <laughs> <laughs> Good job us That wins That wins <laughs>
1: Uh, virtual high five virtual good, high 5 so
2: so that's a that's a rep on old Forbes uh, and oh, wow. jocasta lives to continue to give away her money gleefully to people who are n- not her husband um, which he seems fine with in his defense um, he he is just like okay my dear I'm gonna go away now um, so uh, the rest of the episode outside of that scene and the like occasional scenes with one exception that we'll get to later of um the folks from the ridge searching for brianna is brianna and stephen bonnet and epipen um <laughs> <laughs> in on Shutter Island where EpiPen is serving as like a maid essentially and Bonnet is totally deluded and somehow thinks Maybe that he is in some kind of love story and is mm. taking oh. the fact that Brianna told him that Jamie was his, oh, no. um, which she did because Jamie told her if she wanted to find a way to move on from this incredibly traumatic thing that happened for, to her, she had to find a way to let it go. If not, forgive him, then then let go somehow of what was poisoning her because obviously that Jamie knows that firsthand right yeah. um that was a scene from last season i think was really well handled oh, um no, though. good job oh, no. uh but in addition to thinking that he can get all the money from river run Uh, He also seems to genuinely believe that this is his ticket. Like this is his golden ticket into the upper echelon of society. This is
0: legitimacy.
2: And I, again, I didn't get to revisit these chapters, so I'll say more in in the books, but a lot of this is an invention of the show. And I think that if there had been more time, like if this all hadn't been so rushed that this could have been really interesting. And also if they had dialed back a little of the like,
0: Melodrama trapped in the house, put the dress on, shit. Yeah.
2: Um there's because they're they break out all the old chestnuts. He has clothes for her to
0: wear and they have dinner. I was so pissed. I was just like, I can't believe I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah. It's something terrible. There is
2: an interesting piece of it in that they um he asks her to school him in being a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And Brianna, who is very smart and who finally they are letting do things using her intelligence, um, starts trying to find a way to manipulate him into, first of all, not raping her. And and uh, I'm sorry, I should say this. Obviously we are now going to be talking about sexual assault. If that's not something you're comfortable with, um, jump ahead. I would say probably about 10 minutes and there will yeah. still be bits. Um, lots of bits. Um, so she starts, I mean, it's everything from, like, no elbows on the table, um, you bring the fork to your mouth, not your mouth to the fork, um, to, like, well, at this point, you know, a, a lady and a gentleman would not be alone together, a lady would excuse herself to bed. Um, at one point, she says, he's like, well, what do, what do gentlemen do for with their free time? Because she, you know, says, well, I'm a lady, a lady wouldn't do that. Um and she says, you could read to me. And he gets this, God, Ed Spielers is so fucking good. He gets this look on his face, which is like equal parts rage and shame and humiliation. Oh, wow. He can't read. Because he can't read. Oh. And it's like, and it's just a look. And she picks up on it and is like, or I could read to you. He's like, well, all right. Is that something you do with our son? And it just, it's so fucking creepy. She's
0: yes, like, Yes, terrible.
2: Jeremiah loves when I read to him and it's just trying to manipulate the fuck out of him. And she picks up a random book off the shelf.
0: It's a book about husbandry. The the Art so like Art farming husbandry. and she's yes.
2: farming and equipment and shit. And she says, Moby Dick by Herman Melville.
1: Oh, <laughs> fucking Christ.
2: Because, and, awesome. and this, and is, this nice. is an interesting idea. And this is why, like Julie, I'm cool with the fact that they sort of kind of forced the Moby Dick thing in there because she obviously already had the, this book on the, on her brain. Um, And tells the story to find a way to talk to him about how sometimes the person who thinks he's the hero is all actually the villain, right? Like she's very clearly trying to get him (laughs) because what the fuck else is she gonna do to realize that Ahab is not the The, hero,
0: the good guy,
2: right? (laughs) Um, that like the no, that's, that's not right. And it depends on your perspective. So maybe you should think about other people's perspectives and it does not go the way that she wants it to, but, but man, Sophie Skelton, paraphrasing Moby Dick, because it's not, the show does not imply that Brianna has Moby Dick memorized. Um, She, at no point, and I actually think the fact that they chose this book is really smart, because there are very few more famous first lines of a book, Um, and at no point does she say, call me me Ishmael, right? Mm -hmm. She (laughs) says, there was once a sea captain named Ahab, and he was driven by the desire to track down the white whale Moby Dick who took his leg and blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's very, it's very good. Um,
0: Stephen Bonnet gets into
2: it, man. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, he cries, um, yeah. because he, as it turns out, ha- and this is straight from the book, um, it has a potent fear of th- the sea in general and drowning and not like, then why is he a sailor? I mean, it's he has seen presumably many men die yeah. at oh, sea, yeah. right? And yeah. he has mm-hmm. a fear of drowning. Um, and God, he's so fucking good. The f- he has, he, and I'm breaking a rule. Um, he and Tobias Menzies share an ability, which is to play their fucking undeniably evil characters as though they do not think that they're evil but also sometimes as though they know perfectly well that they are, right? Mm-hmm. And without ever playing them like the good guy. Oh, no, no. Right? And the yeah, show, I, I think, isn't as good at that. But this episode, the fact that this episode works at all is largely due to, to the fact that Ed Spielers has this ability because he's weeping about Moby Dick and you can tell that he is delusional but he's playing it very honestly. Am I mm-hmm. am I
0: putting this well, Julie? Oh yeah, he has no idea that anything he's ever done is wrong. Yeah, um,
2: it's and it's a fucking it's a fucking nightmare. So
0: they they oh, one thing the, we forgot though. Yeah, hit me. There was the dress, and then there was also the box of creepy motherfucking dolls for Jimmy. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this has everything. The newest ball gown is some dead chick he might have human trafficked out of South Carolina. The dolls of her children. Like, it's all there. They, lo-
2: they also look like maybe they're puppets. Like, they're vaguely mm-hmm. punch Judy-ish, which yeah. that's also creepy. Creepy. Yeah, it's just mm. really creepy. Um, so at the end of the night, he's like, well, okay now it's party time and she's like well at this is the point at which a lady would go to sleep and he bows at the waist and says then i bid you good evening madam and leaves um and she um wakes up asleep with her feet still on the ground having immediately changed out of the creepy nightmare ballroom dress and into her usual clothes um because of course she's sleeping with her clothes on because she's in fucking shutter island so she wakes up Mm. with her feet still on the floor to see Stephen bonnet in her bedroom with the maid epipen um setting up breakfast
0: Mm -hmm. what do i have here Next morning, that's right, Eppie is setting up the tea, and then we get the whole scene of Bree trying to bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. She does really well for a long time, and then she can't seal the deal. She can't kiss him with, uh, she can't make him believe her kiss. Yeah,
2: basically, Ugh. she tries to convince him it is really gross. That's, that is mm-hmm. that is the worst moment. Um mm-hmm she tries to convince him that all she wants is like, she's accepted the new reality. They have a new understanding. All she wants is to go get Jemmy because she misses him so much. And she wants them to be able to start their lives together. And he should go look for a place for them to live. And she's going to go get Jeremiah and she'll be right back. And you can see that he is sort of, sort of falling for it, but also not really. And then he asks her to kiss him and she does, and Sophie Skelton is very good in this moment because you can tell that Brianna is trying very hard to fake enthusiasm, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, blah, and then she kisses him. Like, she's trying really hard to sell it. And then he says, this is the worst part of the whole fucking episode. It's just creepy. like, it, And not in a, like a good, creepy way. It's just fucking cre- creepy nonsense um, that doesn't make any sense at all. Especially for some like someone megalomaniacal, right? Like this guy, there's no way that that man doesn't believe that every woman he has ever touched hasn't come away totally fucking satisfied, right? Like he's that asshole. Um, yeah. So she kisses him, and he says, "Well, I may not know what, whatever fucking shit about forks and spoons and blah 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 gentleman shit, but I do, <laughs> but I do know what a kiss is." It's one of my lucky charms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, and then he basically starts throwing her around. And then this is so fucking disturbing. Calls in Epi and, oh, no. and just starts fucking her. Um, oh shit. It's, it's fucking terrifying. Uh, totally what? unnecessary too. We didn't, what the fuck? they linger on it way too long.
0: Yeah, they do. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, it's terrible. No, it's just dumb. It was bad. So he leaves um,
2: to, <laughs> go, to, I don't know, go get, oh, to go get her money um, because she has to be paid. because
0: Oh, yes. Epi does need to get paid for her job that she just did.
2: Yeah. Um, and while she's gone, Brianna's like, hey, please, I'm going to give you my wedding ring. Please fucking help me. Just, can you, like, please find my family. Do fucking anything. I'm being held here against my will. And it takes her a while to sort of figure out that this isn't, they're like, there's a thing where she thinks maybe it's supposed to be a threesome, but it's going to cost more, whatever. And finally, she's like, I can't, I can't do this. The, and this is a pair. It's paraphrased of a line from a book, but she's like one minute you're doing whatever. And the next minute you're on the floor, breathing blood. It's a Diana that breathing blood is a Diana Gabaldon line. And it's um, very oh, wow. good. But basically she's Brianna's in the process of begging her to get help. When Bonnet comes back in and, epi leaves
0: and you think nothing is going to come of it um we did find out that they were on okra which is an island i've been to okra coke mm-hmm, the outer banks of north carolina hmm. i think that blackbeard spent some time there well that's fitting mm-hmm. um because where else would he have gotten that dress but from a closet <laughs> oh my god um, <laughs> the only thing i really remember it was a good family trip But I remember that the mosquitoes were like terrible. They were so big, and when they bit you, that bite, Allison, you wouldn't have made it out (laughs) alive. I've seen her get bug bit. It's not cool. This and this was not cool for me, and I'm usually okay with it. They were like welts, man. Like, oh, it was terrible. It was like living in a swamp. Well,
2: uh, the house isn't much better. So, um, the next thing in that part of the story because we'll come back i think to eppy and and the kitty who's um mm-hmm. in a minute the next thing in that story uh brianna is now well and truly terrified and um terror traumatized and rightly so right it's just fucking she was working really hard to try to get out of this using her wits and it fell apart um he brings in some slimy
0: motherfucker <laughs> Uh, to essentially try to sell Brianna for six pounds. It was intimated earlier that he had been um, human trafficking. Stephen Bonnet had started doing that for money. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So he tries to sell her and she bites his finger and whatever. And it's this is, to the best of my recollection, And again, it's been a while since I read this section because I didn't review book six for season five. Um,
1: (laughs) Jesus, yeah. (laughs) uh,
2: Because, by the way, the Wileys Landing stuff, they do meet up with Stephen Bonnet, but Stephen Bonnet does not kidnap Brianna and take her to a nightmare island in this book. These are two separate stories, which is why I say it makes sense that they combine them because it is fucking ridiculous that it happens. And and, and neither of them involve um, Bonnet showing up at Jocasta's either. Um, like it's just a fucking mm. it's, it's a lot So I understand why they combined it But it's too much for one episode So Yes Like way too much for one episode So um, They Anyway Brianna The guy And She begs Bonnet To not sell her And It's terrible Meanwhile uh, Back in Back at the Kitty Hoose Yes Kitty Hoose There we go Um, um Miss Sylvie's Kitty Hoose Kitty Hoose uh, they show up, the Fraser's Ridge gang, um, <laughs> and ask to speak to the ladies. Claire says, "I'd like to. We'd like to speak to your ladies. We think perhaps you, they may know someone you're looking for." And it's very obvious that all of the girls are like, "Who, Stephen Bonnet? Who don't know him?" When they all very clearly, clearly know no, him. I don't know her." Yeah. yeah, they're um
0: like fans out hiding their faces. They, they're not gonna talk because they him. just can't because he's a
2: fucking monster. Like, of course right. they're not gonna. They don't want to die, so they're not. Gonna, oh, Sophie. Oh, Sophie. <laughs> Sophie yeah. um, wow. So they're not going to say. She him. hates Stephen Bonnet,
0: you guys. She yeah, does. He's a dick.
1: Mm-hmm. Rightly
2: so. Um, finally, Claire is talking to Eppy, and I think Claire can kind of tell. Epi's a pretty good liar, but I think Claire can kind of tell that she's lying. So Epi starts to walk away, and she's obviously in pain and limping, and so Claire busts out her medicine woman shit. She's like, "By the way, excuse, pardon me." miss i'm a healer did you know that I'm the best doctor on the planet <laughs> um and she says you're you have a pain in your leg and also in your hip and thigh and you limp and it is worse in this thing and this this all this information that i know about you that you have no reason to believe was gained through observation and instead you're going to think that i have supernatural abilities and yes. sure enough Abby goes not are you a witch?" but it's like are you a white? Well, I don't remember what she says, but basically she goes, are you a witch? And at that point <laughs> you just assume mm-hmm. everyone is like, Oh shit, we got to go. Not again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Muggy vest run.
2: Uh, yeah. Yep. But Claire goes, no, I'm a healer. Uh, and I um, think you can correct it. She takes a deck of playing cards. And it's like, lift your leg. This is what we do to tables. When oh. you put French onion soup on them and they she wobble. Shims yeah. She shims she her. She shims her heel.
1: She shims Epi. Yeah. Yep. it gets shimmed uh at this point Mm -hmm.
2: i said julie i think claire used to work at the weber grill
0: yes man because i had to shim (laughs) so many fucking bar tables at that place oh god it had this uneven tile and if one of those little feet on the bottom of the table got in there it's just never stable god i hate that shit i hate sitting in an unstable table (laughs) (laughs) what a fun turn of phrase (laughs) i really do unstable table Neil and I will move at a restaurant if we sit down and it wobbles like that. We'll be like, I'm sorry, can we
1: move? Just a heads up, that's (laughs) going to be a single on our album.
0: Unstable (laughs) table. Unstable
1: (laughs) table, Um, table. nice.
2: So she hands her the deck of cards when she figures out exactly how much shorter one leg is than the other. Um, It's like, take this to a cobbler. Here you go. Tell them you need a pair of shoes with a larger heel on this side and it will correct your pain and help you live a more comfortable life. She says, well... And the, and Epi is like, I don't know about you, missus, but I don't have any extra cash later on for fancy proletariat, shoot, no, <laughs> bourgeois <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I'm a good girl, I am. <laughs>
1: is that her accent?
2: No, I, I mean, I think she has. No. A, I don't remember what her accent is, but I think she, she has a cockney accent. I don't now remember.
1: Now she does. She does now forever. Well, she um, does now. Yeah.
2: Lots of chocolate for me to <laughs> wait. Um, she uh, Basically she's like I can't afford no fancy shoes Fuck you bitch And Claire's like I'd, I'd be happy to contribute Here take this money Also please tell me Where my daughter is um,
0: <laughs> And you can see Epi being like It's exactly how it goes down Janine. It really she's is
2: She's like please oh I want to help Because it's the right thing to do But also Please tell me
0: Where my daughter is And you can see Epi
2: being like Okay we'll listen <sighs> you didn't fucking hear it from me, okay? She's like, yes, of course not. Never would never tell a soul. Um so then they show up on the beach right when Priyana is about to be fucking carted onto a ship with creepy bitey finger motherfucker. Um and
0: and there's a big to do. There's a stramash. There's a stramash on the beach. They they are awash in stramash. <laughs> Oh, Oh, Julie, that's
2: one of your best. Thank you. I felt pretty good about that one going in. Um, And when the dust settles, Brianna's like, don't kill him. I want him to face justice the old fashioned way, which is a very Brianna thing to do, but which makes no sense based on the conversations this season, uh, because they've had multiple conversations about how there is absolutely no way that Brianna would get any justice at all because bonnet would just say well she slept with me willingly so she's my property so um so it doesn't it makes sense it makes sense for the character and not sense in the show because of all of the things that they've established and there is a way to make it doesn't matter point being we skip ahead in time oh i I also jamie and this this part actually does make sense jamie's like hey i don't know if i mentioned it um but i know the governor of north carolina and he sort of owes me one because he accidentally hung my son-in-law hanged my son-in-law mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. a tree um and that was like really not cool so he owes me a favor uh so he will definitely convict this guy and he does and they seem to like have rushed it through the judicial process so right we it's very jumpy we we <laughs> cut forward to because again this is from two books the I I listened we'll to the I listened to the audiobook while I was cleaning my kitchen today. The chapter just on Wiley's Landing, nothing else, nothing with Claire and Brianna, nothing with Bonnet, just Roger and Jamie at Wiley's Landing is an hour and 10 minutes long. What Oh, oh my god. Because there's a lot going on. And they ju- and it's maybe 5 minutes in this episode. Anyway,
0: yeah, it was very short. Yeah.
2: So, um we jump ahead and there's Bonnet and the way that they're performing this execution is that they have people staked to like big poles in the ocean in the tide pool waiting for the tide god
1: oh my god which is real
2: that happened that was a way that people were executed with their hands chained above their heads you can see the people that bonnet is being executed with are already dead they've died from exposure dehydration drowning drowning Drowning. who knows Mm -hmm. um but they're dead (sighs) and the water just keeps coming up and coming up and coming up and ed spielers is again so fucking good and he just looks terrified and then he's yelling about something i don't remember what and all of a sudden there a hole appears in the middle of his forehead because brianna has shot him in the head from like and remember. A hill she's a sure shot. She is. She's a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Roger is just able bodied,
0: just standing there too. Like, and then Roger asks her if it's mercy or revenge, and I'm like, you don't get to ask that, butthole. Yeah, no. and also it just. Here's the
2: thing. <laughs> it's the final shot of the episode is very good because Sophie Skelton is very good. And she just kind of takes the shot and then walks away, right? But in the middle of that, Roger Mm -hmm. says, was that mercy or did you just want to make sure he was dead? And then she doesn't answer. But we didn't need the fucking question. No, we surely didn't. Because she doesn't answer, so obviously the intent is to leave it ambiguous. And probably she doesn't even really know, right? Like, it's complicated, it's complicated like she, because, again, she knows that that he has had recurring nightmares about drowning. So was she, f- like she did in the jail, trying to find some way to, if not forgive, at least like come to terms with what happened to her by ending it on a note of mercy? Or mm-hmm. was she there to make sure that she is the one who killed him? Was she there because she wanted to make sure he was dead as Roger said like there are any number of reasons and it, there's no reason it couldn't be m- multiple of those reasons
1: all of them right but, for some, but yeah. like with the question asked it makes it like well now it's a binary choice yeah and now, and now you and post- also it's
0: none of your fucking business and yeah. yeah and also dude you don't get to ask me that Yeah. if just, she wants you to, if she wants like to talk about line. it fuck off she wants to talk about it it is it well, was he very much so proud of it oh. oh my god it was terrible in, that, in the was, post show
2: thing it was like Robert's talking about how they needed to work really hard to differentiate two characters that have nothing in common besides the fact that they're villains with, I guess with long hair.
1: <sighs> I'm sitting here in my apartment by myself with a scowl and shaking my head. Yep. I'm, I'm actually really annoyed. And, by then, that.
2: and then he <laughs> talked a lot about this last line. And then they left like mm-hmm. 15 seconds for Meryl to be like, by the way, this was really emotionally complicated for Brianna. She had to do a bunch of this episode. It was really important character. Episode for Brianna. Bye. Bye. It's just bad. <laughs> just so fucking, God oh. save Meryl. Before Please we wrap curse. up, um, I, and before we get to the scales, and I promise I will keep this brief, I want to try to briefly recount for you some of the things that got left out just in the book five shit. I was also supposed to remind you about a rant about something. Forbes, we did it. Also, okay. mustache rant. We did that too. Happy birthday, Jana! Okay. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for hanging Thank out you. with us on Thank your you. birthday in the Crowdcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I hope that you got both first cake and second cake. Um <laughs> So, some of the things that happen in the book. Um, First of all, trying to find Bonnet takes a long time. Second, he also shows up at Jocasta's wedding, where you'll remember there was like a murderer mystery situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Claire, the autopsy that she does... Uh, in the premiere in this episode, or I guess it's the second episode of the season, I don't remember which, uh, actually happens in the wedding episode because of the murder mystery. So she has to figure out um, somebody swallowed glass, was killed with ground up glass in a glass of mm-hmm. wine. Yeah, Oof. really fucking gruesome way to die. Um, and Bonnet, sh- first Wiley shows up and then Stephen Bonnet shows up and it's all very complicated and um, upsetting. So um, there, first there's that. So they're trying to find Stephen Bonnet. And this is after Roger and Jamie have their accord. Also, the book takes some time to acknowledge that this Wiley's Landing thing is happening while Jamie is still recovering from a massive wound to his leg. Oh yeah. Uh, Which the show does not acknowledge. Not at all, Um, not one day. It also spends some time on how Roger has complicated feelings about killing someone because he's never done it before. Here, not acknowledged. Also, when he's in the fight, he has a flashback to his very recent near-death experience um, and the brutal fist fight that he got into that put him in the position to have that near-death experience here completely unacknowledged. Um, so all there's all of that. So first, the way they find out this information about Stephen Bonnet is they're looking for it, actively looking for it. Roger sees someone that he was on the ship with when he sailed mm. to the States with Bonnet um colon- sorry the colonies with bonnet um he oh god also they did a really short version of the very best Stephen bonnet monologue in all of the books we'll come back to that um so he sees this guy and at the same time they're like oh are, are you folks here to see the dead whale they're like what are what are you talking about we're we're just at the beach he's like you know you're not here for the dead whale and there's a dead whale that had beached itself. So there are people taking boats out to see the dead whale. Um, and Jamie sort of looks at the boat and it's like, "Ugh, I suppose. Because they have to get on a <laughs> boat, right? So mm-hmm. they get on the boat and um, Jamie hands Claire a pistol, like real covert like. So she's sort of hiding it in her dress, but she's got a pistol. And, jamie and roger are like well they pay this guy and his friend to take them to the dead whale and um he says that it's better for him to be active if he's going to be on a boat it's better for him to be active so and roger's like i me too so they uh, (laughs) so they start rowing (laughs) right chatting up this dude but like so you know Stephen bonnet when did you see him last no joke. What was he eating? Not. It's not. They don't ask what he's eating. But the guy's like, I. The last time I saw him, he was eating fish pie with mashed potatoes on top. That's real. Like with crusty butts Like that's real. He describes his meal in, in detail. And Jamie's like, Well, if you were close enough to see his meal, I suppose you were at the table. What did you get discussed? Oh, it was the bum of the barmaid. You discussed the bum of the barmaid. Whatever they're having this chat. And at one point, Jamie goes, Do you know how to swim? <laughs> and the and the guy's like, Uh. And Roger's like, Oh, he does not. He told me once. And then Roger and Jamie just stop rowing. They hold onto their oars and they just stop rowing. And they're like, So tell us about Stephen Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> and they have this stare down in this rowboat. Where you can tell the guy figures out that Jamie is getting violently seasick because he just keeps getting paler and clammier. But also he's Jamie and he's huge. So there are these two dudes who are maybe just gonna throw him in the water, but one of them is getting progressively more seasick. It's like a very <laughs> tense, very funny, weird face-off. That's fine. And finally the guy is like, Well, maybe you can maybe you can swim, but your wife here. I don't think she can swim. She's got all the skirts on. She's going to sink right to the bottom. And at that point, Claire is like, oh, dear. And she takes her guns out and is like, which one would you like me to shoot? Again, Claire in the books is funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so th- and then all of a sudden, all the information comes out. So, f- so there's dead whale gate, right? There's this long sequence in which Jamie and Roger are basically forcing information out of a dude and it's like a stare down where which one is is he going to fold or is the guy or is Jamie going to get seasick which is going to happen first it's a really great scene so that's the dead wheel Um, more shit happens after that but we'll skip to Wiley's Landing I fucking love the Wiley's Landing chapter because it's Jamie and Roger and this dude who they hired drops them off and they're there to ambush Bonnet right who's coming for the whiskey same deal um, but right as they're getting dropped off the guy's like oh by the way um so with the tides either he's going to be here in about five minutes because they're nearby and they w- are going to want to beat the tides or he won't be able to show up for a while in which case it'll be either late tonight or very early tomorrow bye and he just leaves. <laughs> and they're like oh, well shit and it's supposed to rain so maybe they're not going to be able to use their muskets and then they'll have to use swords and that's when they have the conversation about you know who gets to kill bonnet and whatnot and um jamie says if you if you die i'll avenge you and roger's like okay yeah me too and then (laughs) right and then jamie is like thank you i appreciate it and roger's like oh well this is why they would follow him into battle anywhere anytime so they wait a long time all of a sudden a boat hits the dock and they're like ready they're ready and a door opens and in walks a giant Russian man who speaks maybe 12 words of French and nothing else. Uh, and also his daughter, who immediately starts trying to grab Roger's balls. <laughs> and then they're talking about, like, who are you and why are you here? The girl's mother shows up, also another daughter, also some kids. And then he says, la cochon, I th- which I think is pig. I might be making it is. up, right? Yeah, it is pig. Um, yeah. And Roger's like, oh, it's pegs. <laughs> they, they've got pegs for Philip Wiley. Um, so they're, they've just arrived with sh- a shipment for Philip Wiley. Um, and while they're trying to figure out that, like, the pigs get out, the pigs are, they just hear, like, little pig feet. And then all of yes. a sudden, another boat comes up. So Jamie's like, oh, no. So he runs and hides. And Roger also runs and hides. And then he realizes that it's not Bonnet. It's this magistrate and a sheriff because everybody's fucking corrupt. And they see Roger. And Roger's like, well, um, hi. They're like, Mr. McKenzie, where's your father-in-law? He's like, well, he's not here. Where's Stephen Bonnet? They're like, oh, Mr. Bonnet wanted me to do the business instead. And it becomes very obvious that they are there to steal the whiskey and kill them both. Meanwhile, they bop the Russian guy in the head, so he's unconscious. And all of the women in his family are trying to take care of him. Then they lock Roger in the, like, doom hunt um i'm sorry <laughs> shit shed shit shack. yeah shit check with the russians who one of them is immediately like i'm gonna take the sword i one of the women is like I'm, i know how to use it there's a description where she swings it over her shoulder like a baseball bat it's the coolest second the rest of them have found a trap door that roger can sneak out of third he realizes it's not pigs <laughs> it's boars
0: oh shit um,
2: that's different. Meanwhile, Jamie is on a roof with his guns all wet and he's trying to figure out how he can jump down and kill these people. <laughs> um, then all of a sudden he, and there's a bunch of like, he's thinking about Claire and Cl- Claire would have to pay the guy if he dies. And it's a very, it's just internal and there's a lot of waiting. It's very tense and very good and cool. Then he sees people coming out of the woods and it's Philip Wiley and a bunch of his slaves and they're there to meet the Russians. So Jamie is like, well, fuck. Um, philip wiley hates me on the other hand he clearly wants his pegs so i think i'm gonna just jump down and go talk to him meanwhile roger has gone through the trap door and has snuck off into the woods um and he runs into one of philip wiley's slaves and philip and the slave says um you're not a raccoon (laughs) um because he thought he was hunting a raccoon anyway um philip wiley is is like okay sorry what russians what who what and jamie's like listen i don't have time to explain just know if you want your pigs we've got to get in there and then philip Wise is like they're not pigs they're russian boars for boar hunting i'm letting them loose on my property and then i shall invite friends over so that we can fight and get to the ball and jamie's like you've never hunted a boar have you he's like no i have not um but then they have this fight and it's a uh, but the guys get away and then the russians he invites them over for lunch and they are tramping through the woods <laughs> when they get ambushed oh, Took
1: a turn jesus they
2: get yeah, ambushed turn. by the guys who took off um <laughs> okay and and roger gets beamed on the head and is out cold and jamie is fighting both of them at once and then of roger course. comes to and like there's this very good line where he's talking about how none of the boars have their sea legs, so they're all stumbling around like they're drunk. And then he says that he feels like he's wandering around like one of those boars because he's like clearly concussed. But Jamie yells for help, and so Roger just sort of like swings as wildly as he can, and his sword goes directly into the guy's eye, and he feels it get through like the bones into the squishy
0: bits. <laughs> it's great. Oh, oh Jesus. wow. The so then
2: there are these dead bodies leaving there, and they're going off to go to philip wiley's house to have lunch and like dry off before they can go to wilmington at which point jamie's like wilmington we got to go claire and brianna right um but they're looking at the bodies and roger's like what should we do with these corpses and jamie says leave it for the pegs
0: yes (laughs) and it is so
2: good that's great now to be clear You could do all and I didn't get there, but the section with Brianna and Claire is also lengthy and very intense. And Jam is involved, and I think there's picking berries and maybe marsleys in the woods somewhere, an intense sequence. And so is Shutter Island, right? So all of these things, there's a lot to them. But just Mm -hmm. Wiley's landing, can you imagine an hour in which Jamie and Roger had to talk about like death? and war and revenge and whether or not their powder is going to get wet and then random fucking Russian boars show up.
1: <laughs> that and been there's a, a fucking fight in the woods episode. and then it
2: ends Jesus. and then it would end with Jamie saying, leave him for the pigs. Can you fucking imagine? That is a
1: imagine? great ending line. Sing song.
2: <laughs> my point is... That's all hot pests, right? It's character yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff right. where you slow down and just exist in the world. And the show has been better this season than most recent seasons about giving us some of those moments, but not this episode. You can yeah. see, can you? Like this could be Wiley's landing, and the next episode could be Bonnet and Claire on the beach, and the third episode could be Brianna on Shutter Island and them rescuing her, and then the recovery from it. And that's the that's three hours of television. Right. You can
1: even
2: put a subplot in the next episode. People figure it like Jamie and Roger trying to find Claire and Brianna, people looking for them. Maybe Philip Wiley is involved because the Philip Wiley of the books is like a fop and he's ridiculous and he's kind of a dick, but he's not a bad person. Like he's an asshole, not an evil person. I mean, a slave owner, so obviously evil, but you know what I mean? He's like more complicated than he is on the show. Um, by the way, we didn't even get to the fact that Jamie and Roger sh- shake him down for information and he gets a really, really good line that I can't even remember. But he was good. Um, well, I'm just
1: thinking, too, I'm go thinking ahead. too about how, like, this, this is, I mean, there's so much that's missed and so much character development that could have happened. And then I'm also thinking, like, Bonnet hasn't really been a part of anything for the past, like, three or four episodes. And, like, suddenly now he's back.
0: And dead. dead. Well, no, they d- they talked about him.
1: He's well, been yeah, talked
2: that he. They, he's kind
1: of he's been there. He's been a big like,
2: part of the stuff they're talking about, but we haven't spent his head all that yeah, much time we, with him.
1: Yeah, and like mm-hmm. and like this is a this, this fucking actor is apparently playing him quite well, and so suddenly like he gets his episode, knocks it out of the park, but it's it's almost wasted. It feels wasted. It feels like there could have been so much more. It wasn't to really a great episode. Yeah. no.
2: yeah, it was. Yeah. Rush. And there were, Allison's right. It's just rush. Great yeah. things in it. But the thing that's so frustrating is that there could have been way more great things. And then the things that didn't work with more time maybe could have. That kiss w- wouldn't have worked at all. It's, that's, yeah. that's a fucking dumb moment. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff that was like almost good could have worked especially given the quality of the actors because Sophie Skelton has gotten much better and I think she's very good in this episode and Ed Spielers is fucking great in this episode and with more room to breathe like you could have just an hour of them doing that you could have you could have broken it up so that Brianna is reading a, ch- a quote-unquote chapter of Moby Dick a night right and it could have yeah. been like five nights because also oh, yeah. there's no fucking sense of how long she's there um, oh, yeah like you could have stretched all of that out. You could have stretched out, like what was it like for Roger to realize he was in the wrong place and Stephen Bonnet's kidnapped his wife. I have no idea. Also, there's a whole thing in this book where Roger decides that he I guess and I fucking can't remember whether it's in the next book or not, because, again, they jammed two stories together. So I'm having a hard time di- differentiating. Um, but Roger starts to, without giving anything away, um, starts to sort of re-examine his relationship to God and religion. And so then that plays a role in him deciding whether or not he wants to kill someone, even someone who's evil. And wow. it's just a lot of shit. Um, it's just a lot of shit. There's a lot.
1: There's a lot. And they
2: happy. they cram it all into one episode for no reason because they have already demonstrated that they are fine with rearranging the events of the books so if there's stuff left in this book and i don't know what they're gonna because i think the thing that's happening next is another book six thing there's stuff left in this book that they haven't covered yeah and if they want to address it then great but there's no reason to not do book five stuff next season because they're clearly okay with moving things around so it's just it's just really frustrating
1: well, and I hope that when we get to that next season, or even the next couple episodes, we see the justification for this intense rushing.
2: Well, because it's so rushed. The snake bite was last episode. Murta died, what, three episodes ago? Yeah. Like, it, it's so eventful. Where is the show where Murta and we make fun of this episode a lot, but it's actually, the more distance I get from it, the better it seems, where is the show where, um, I'm sorry. I just read Julie's show note and I got distracted for a second. Um, <laughs> where is the show where Claire and Myrta wandered the countryside performing musical theater to, yeah. and squaring off against a band of quote unquote gypsies to try to figure out where Jamie was? Like, yeah. where's Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy? That show was interested in what happens when you're stuck. That show yeah. was interested in how long certain things take and what it means if they take longer or last longer than you want them to. Even yeah. last season, we spent basically a whole episode with Roger in Doom Hut Volume Two. Right? It's yeah. t- it was too rushed. And Brianna's captivity. I mean, I certainly like as a person who likes the character, I don't want her to be in peril for a huge long time, but she d- disappeared to a remote island. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a big deal. In colonial deal.
1: America, man. Like, that's like, that's not e- that's not an easy fix.
2: It's not. <laughs> it's really not. It doesn't, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Um, <sighs> so well, what a, what
1: a I just, episode.
2: I want the hot piss. I want the Russian boars. I want the show to have... It, that streak of surreality. And even if this was even if they had done Wiley's landing plus Claire and Brianna in the woods getting ambushed by Bonnet, that it still would have been a little bit overstuffed, but that I could understand. And then yeah. what happens to Brianna, right? Then we could have a whole episode just focusing on cuz th- this is a huge traumatic thing. A rape victim is abducted by her assailant. Right? Yeah. Th- there should be room for that to breathe. Anyway, I'm going to do, an, I'm going to read the book six stuff again. Um, I'm actually recording right now. Hi, Neil. All right, I'm <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, he didn't know I was already on. That's okay. Um, I'm going to do but some he, in the book stuff on this this week. If you're a Patreon backer, look for that uh, and yeah. we'll talk about it more. But yeah, so on a scale of, let's, we'll start with uh, sex. Um, on a scale, uh, well, there's a beach involved, so we'll do that. On a scale from racing your mother on a beach while whales <coughs> frolic nearby to mm-hmm. From Here to
0: Eternity. Where does this fall on the sexual content scale? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I have anything because the one sex scene is so terrible and unnecessary and violent. and
1: oh, what's, What is that Jared Leto movie?
0: Which one? There's good.
1: The, the the drugs.
0: Which one? Brown bunny.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, fucking great. Requiem no, for a dream? Point. Requiem for a dream.
0: Oh yes. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: Just fucking disturbing. You're just like, why the fuck? What the it's fuck? Very, did I just watch?
2: It's very disturbing. Yeah.
1: Um
2: although you know what? Maybe the whales were fucking.
1: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Whale
2: fuck, uh, whale, fuck, whale, fuck, whale, whale fuck, whale fuck, whale fuck, whale fuck, whale fuck, whale fuck. Then
0: I'm going to give that a straight free willy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, you know what's another good hand job pun?
2: Free willy. What? Free willy. <laughs> it jumps over the pier uh, oh and, the, and the white caps <laughs> crash. Um, oh, man.
1: Really all right. feeling that release. That's so, so mm-hmm. costume mm-hmm. scale.
2: On a, on a scale from, um, let's say... I'm trying to think of just examples of this trope. Mm.
0: Oh, where a guy dresses somebody up.
2: Yeah, because I've got I've got a really good oh my fair lady. I've got a really good high end one. Oh, see that's that's another good high end one. But
0: mm-hmm. but no, we'll um, go with something. Ladybug. Like... La- no. Ladybug? What about um... the
1: ladybugs? The soccer movie with the.
0: Oh my god! Oh, but right. that's dressing up a little boy. Nope. Different. Oh yeah.
2: So sure. on a scale of a production. Uh, <laughs> Um, a black box college theater production (laughs) of My Fair Lady where uh Henry Higgins forces Eliza Doolittle to change out of her all black clothes into another set of all black clothes. That's
1: Mm -hmm. the low end.
2: To the high end (laughs) Disney's animated Beauty and the Beast. Um, the rare exception to the wow, that's pretty creepy rule, because at least in the Disney version it's if you don't think about it too hard, it's really fun and lovely um and she does actually want to be there eventually
0: um eventually yeah uh where does it fall well definitely not beauty and the beast uh oh man there are so many examples of this trope, and I'm just right now having a hard time coming up with any of them. But it's it happens all the time. Oh, oh, fucking she's all that. Okay, there you go. The modern the modern t- retelling of Pygmalion. You know what's funny?
2: I was on a podcast earlier today, and um, was talking about a specific trope, and said, "Was I a bet?" So um, it's my second She's All That reference of the day. There you go. All right, last. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting up to get a beer. Uh, On a scale of you're tied to a... Nope, because that's the high end. So the high end is you're tied to a post in the ocean, so you literally cannot get a beer. Mm -hmm. And the low end is um, you've chosen to employ your favorite sex worker temporarily as household staff.
0: Mm. Uh, Where does it fall in your ability to get a beverage? I'm going to say if it hadn't been for the crowd cast, I would have put it solidly at technical difficulties, and then I might not have finished watching the episode. Really? (laughs) No. I'm being sarcastic. Of course I would watch the stuff that I have to talk about. I don't know. I just really, really did not like this episode, so it's hard for me to be all that funny about it, except for a wash and stromash.
2: What do you... (laughs) A wash and stromash um mm-hmm. do you i mean do you agree that the performances were good
0: i thought ed spieler's was really good but it just that the whole like take her to uh, take a hostage to the island and dress her up and make her eat fancy food and all that shit just really really got me down man oh yeah i'm well that's the
2: that, that is the worst um right it's not a, it's not a good trope no. the mooby dick shit was good though
0: I enjoyed her retelling Moby Dick and reading the Husbandry book. That was a good bit, and Ed Spieler's performance was good. But overall, this episode really gave me kind of not great vibes, reminded me a little bit of why maybe the source material isn't for me sometimes, Mm -hmm. and just like kind of got me down. Although, again... But part of that could just be because I'm fucking down. Life sucks. (laughs) I will say, I think that here the
2: adaptation is doing the source material a bit of a disservice because there are mm-hmm. i will ding diane on all kinds of things but um all of the stuff addressed here is m- more subtle in the book and so that's some of that is unavoidable right novels and books and tv shows are not the same thing you can never yeah. get the same level of insight right but they have made changes that have improved right they've they've bringing back ian when they did was a was fucking inspired it's improved every scene that he's in because it's made it all more interesting in various ways um the insistence on rushing through plot as though people read these books for plot (laughs) and not (laughs) and not for lots of other things and some of that is a sex joke and some of that is like it's they're really immersive and some some Mm -hmm. for better and for worse you fall into them a little bit um it just
0: is a massive miscalculation. Anyway, Penny, we lost Janine. Um, so. All right. I'm going to have to give the computer up now because I got Neil standing over me.
2: Uh, okay. You go ahead. I'll
0: finish mm-hmm. all the shit by myself. Okay. But first of all, thank you so oh, much. Oh, wait. Who's your golden pample moose? I'm sorry. Platinum pample Oh, my golden pample moose is Ed Spielers. Ed Spielers. I mean, I didn't like the role and the role is very obviously one that's been well worn before, but I think he did a really good job and I really love the stuff around Moby Dick that he and Sophie did. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And you said, but first what? Oh, but first I was just going to say thank you and that to thank you to all of our listeners because this week on the Facebook page, I got at least 20 handjob jokes in a row, (laughs) some of which we hadn't seen yet. And I'm like, the right people are listening to our show. So thank you. Thank you all. Yeah, you're here. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
2: speaking of thanks, go ahead and take off, Julie. We all right. Uh, see want to thank all of our listeners. We love doing the show, and it means so much to us that you actually listen to it. Um, that you're like, yeah, two hours of hand job jokes. That sounds like my cup of tea. Um, so we want to thank all of you, um, but in particular our patrons uh, who support us through Patreon. And of those patrons, we especially want to thank Dr. Jay, Zena Perez, Stella Welch, Misty Ojeppy, Kayla Reagan, Amanda Newton, Jen Lander Drunklin, Trish McCrary, Lori McGuire, Katie Kirshner. Beth Lock, Ashley. Thigason, um, Tigason, Ashley, let me know how your last name is pronounced. Uh, send me a message through Patreon or Slack or whatever. Kristen, Rachel Lefe- Rochelle Lefever, the other Janine, John Samoski, Amy Gustafson, Mary the Falling Statue, Tori, Shannon Duffy, Alicia Glenn, Liz Penniston, Philip Nako Heather Moore, Amanda Sims, I'm sorry, Amanda Smith, Whitney Harrington, Chrissy Shively, Maria Emma Lofold, Smith the Smith, Jenna Polkowski, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Tara Luchino, Catherine Marshall Eastman, Chantel Salters, Mary Lumpkin, Crystal Annivati, Anne Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Cara Marlowe, Flourish Root, Friday Payton, Kathleen Moniz, Hi Mom, Heather Robbins, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, and our official Den Slack Mother, or Slack Den Mother, Kiki, The Wise. Uh, We want to thank you in particular. If you would like to back the show on Patreon and join our Slack channel, which is $3 a month, and get bonus episodes, which is $5 a month, and do the crowdcast, which I think is... I don't know what dollars a month that is. Um, You can do that by going to patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. You can also follow us on social media at twitter.com slash podlandercast. You can follow us on Facebook at podlandercast. Facebook.com slash podlandercast. Um, And all stuff. And all these good things. And this and that and whatnot. Um, Y'all are great. I'm so sad and lonely. I'm... I'm so sad and lonely. Not really. Things are good. Bye.